Okay, speeding and the sound of speeding. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew. This is This Week with Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, November 2nd, 2020. On today's episode, it's just the audio version, so I'm going to be a little more Googling stuff, and then uh, I'm going to know exactly when the fucking intro starts, because I see the bars and I flow real far, because I got that freestyle flow. Big group in the pocket, and he's going to fucking show his big toe. Oh, no. Don't don't show your big toe. <laughs> Hi, when you see you at the Drake, you guys fucking around, you having a good week and you fucking you how are you? Hi, thank you for listening to the show. This is this week with Drew for Monday, November second, buddy. Twenty twenty, the day before the American election. What is gonna happen? Is Bush V Gore, even though in the original ruling said it could not be used as a precedent as it was an extenuating it weird case. Will they use Bush v. Gore as a president to fucking fight the election and the ballots being counted after? Because here's what they've been doing. Trump's been fucking saying discouraging all his people from going out and voting or from vote from voting by mail he's like voter mail is fucked it's fraudulent he's like don't do that just go out to the polls in a pandemic go out there without your mask and you fucking all show up with your guns and you go vote and (laughs) and so what's gonna happen is fucking and then all the other people who are like well i don't want to go out so i'm just gonna use like mail it in their votes are going to take longer to get counted. So Trump's on the night, it's going to look like, hey, this guy fucking won. But once all the votes are counted and they can fucking put the things back, um, it's going to look like he won. And then he's going to be on Twitter being like, I'm fucking the winner. And then they're going to be like, no, we didn't count on the votes. And he'll be like, fuck that. La, 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 la. I won, I won, I won, I won. <laughs> It's like playing a game of football only to the third quarter. And if you're up by like fucking a, uh, a field goal or whatever, you're like, okay, let's just shut it down. Like me, we're in the lead anyways. So like no point. Why would we even play the fourth quarter? Like we're, we're winning. We're already winning. <laughs> and then there's going to be a fucking guns, bro. Oh my God, man. It's I'm going to, this is going to be nuts. This protracted fucking election dick that is just going to fuck them. It's so crazy to watch, man. I didn't even really want to talk about this, but it is tomorrow. And like, oh, man, I remember four years ago, I was in Toronto. We went to a bar and uh, and I wasn't even really paying attention to the results. I mean, I was, but I wasn't like watching it like it was an event on TV or whatever. Hang on a sec. I got to sneeze. <laughs> 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 holy fuck (laughs) i got the rona maybe now now that i say it i fucking got a runny nose no i don't got it my two best buddies in edmonton got it though mink and fucking oaks which is crazy this is the i'm i'm like one degree removed from rona bro i'm not a denier anymore i'm not a covid denier anymore my sneeze looks funny on the waveform there you can see the little bing 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 of the sneeze um Yeah, so I wasn't watching it, and then I saw that they did it, and I was like, you fucking crazy bastards, you actually did it. But I kind of knew it was going to happen. The people don't like the Clintons in America. (laughs) Man, what the fuck? 
I'm dying. Oh, I mean, we're all dying. <laughs> the slow decay of time will creep upon you and pull you back into the earth from whence you came. Do you think death is going to be like before you were alive? I think that's what it's going to feel like. I think for me, death will feel like September 1st, 1989, whatever that felt like to me. <laughs> or even like September 2nd, that was my birthday. I guess that doesn't make sense to you, but if you don't know my birthday, but I was born September. I was born. Well, I was born September 2nd. Oh, well, I was born September 2nd, 1989, and I had a small little behind, big as tiny booty, he had a small little butt, and a big old dick, and two humongous nuts. Wow, all country songs gotta start off with well. Well, my dog's in the well, and he's not feeling well, cause my dog fell into the well. <laughs> Acoustic. Man, why do I got it? Why am I like all of a sudden like got a fucking stuffed nose right now? <gasps> oh my God. If you listen to this podcast, you would be contagious. Um, okay. So let's just start off with how was my weekend? Let's do. Oh, we got the fucking. Uh, how was my weekend? Because it's fucking. Oh, that guitar is out of tune. Uh, that's okay. So what the fuck did I do this weekend? Did I do comedy this weekend? Oh, I had a secret show again on Sunday, and that has been going well, man. Because um, uh, it's it's uh, there's no pressure, man, to succeed. <laughs> Stand-up's not real, so I just started riffing. I did a riff about a roast chicken, and then I just started talking about... I was like, I'm just going to talk about things that I like. So I like roasting chickens, and I just said that. And then I just followed the idea into why... And uh, it turned into a joke, man. I don't like, I like roasting whole chickens because I, the boneless skinness is disrespectful to the chicken, man. You're just going to use it for only its titties, man. Like that's fucking, you can't just use the chicken for its titties. You got to respect the whole chicken. It's not feminist to eat boneless, skinless chicken breasts. <laughs> so I think there's something there. I don't know. Fuck. We'll see when I do comedy one week from today um, or later the fuck on. Um, so I had a secret show and then, uh, I was on reading week. So I just been fucking reading. I read, I've been reading the great Gatsby, which is like, so it's, it's, um, I can see, like, I don't understand why they try to do, give that book to kids in high school, man, because the context, first of all, you have to contextualize it as to like this post world war one America, which was, uh, thriving, man, the twenties, the roaring twenties, man, it was this, it was this kind of this, like, America had uh, established itself as like, okay, we're going to be essentially like the next superpower. Um, and there was this kind of like this unbridled capitalism, unfettered capitalism that was like uh, almost kind of like what we're going through right now, which is what led to the Great Depression. But it's this book like about, you know, this dude. The Great Gatsby. <laughs> I can't believe they turned that into a 3D fucking movie because the book is like it's written about from the perspective of one guy. And the whole thing is that this guy is like this, like he went to Princeton and the way that he writes is like all like weird. 
it's like very formal and like the language that he uses is very like lyrical and I can see why but it's so like contextualizing the book like F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> he describes one character and this is in quotation marks he's like it was like Wilhelm a flat nosed Jew uh, something 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 and it was like <laughs> just like such a casual description of him of just being a flat-nosed Jew which is so fucked up like how do you even like but when you contextualize the book as it was written like you know 100 years ago it's like okay like that was like it that was what it that was just what you said <laughs> and I think the guy who was might not have even been opposed to that but I don't know I'm not one to speculate but it is just shocking to see that sort of language just out uh, in print um because you don't see that anymore, and uh, and most uh, you know, so I'm just reading it for the for the sake of it because it's like a really small book, and I've been chipping away at the stand by Stephen King, which is like 1,600 pages, and I'm like, now I'm like halfway through, and it's just such a long story, man. Like, and I bought the unabridged version too, which is like an extra 400 pages or some shit than the actual version that he released, and it's like like which is like cool because I'm a big Stephen King fan, and then it's just like. It's like the amount of detail that he's going into, like you can see why they cut those 400 pages out of the book. But he wrote a pre a preface to it where he's like, if I had to do the surgery, I guess I'm going to do it myself. And he because it was just a publishing thing like they are like, we can't publish this 1600 page book at the time because he wasn't as big as he is at when they republished it. So, but it's just like looking at like zooming in on the details of like if you were to buy a car and like looking at the knobs and just like feeling the knob feel and being like the knob feel of this car on the volume knob is like nice. And then just like zooming in that hard on the detail because he's going into like the third husband of some character and it's an apocalyptic, apocalyptic book. So it's like, you know, like, okay, like, yeah, you're, and who is your second husband? And who is your third husband? And you're like getting all these names of these characters where it's like, I don't even really give a fuck. <laughs> so sometimes it's nice to just take a break from that giant fucking essentially encyclopedia of this like universe of, of the end of the world and, um, and read the great Gatsby, <laughs> like some pretentious fuck. But, uh, it's, I just feel like I, I want to be like, okay, so you like, you hear these books and it's like, am I really going to live my whole life with like hearing about these books? Like after this, I got Catcher in the Rye. I'm just going to read all the like classics, man. I feel like if that that's available, there's a reason why there are classics and you should like, I don't want to live my life. Like, you know, saying that I never read these classic literature books or participated in this tradition this American literature tradition or just this English literature tradition or any sort of things. I don't want to live my life by being like, I didn't fucking, you know, drink a fucking nice Bordeaux in Bordeaux <laughs> or like I didn't fucking eat pasta in Rome or, you know, like I, I want to fucking, I don't want to live a life where I didn't do that. I think that's lots of people's, when you hear about like people on their deathbed or whatever, all their regrets are the stuff that they didn't do. It's never the stuff that they did did do nobody regrets what they did do yeah unless you're like a horrible person you're like yeah i shouldn't have like lit my buddy's house on fire because he fucking beat me in like super mario or whatever <laughs> you i would probably regret that but it's always they're like oh i wish i fucking went to europe or i wish i fucking would have you know married the right husband <laughs> i, sh I should have followed james Connolly. Oh, i never should have settled for his brother <laughs> some old lady just thinking about the cock that she wanted but couldn't get <laughs> on your deathbed. 
that's what the people think about, man. So you got to think like, I don't want to live a life where, where, you know, you experience these, these huge traditions, you know, of like music or lit. That's why I listened to the entire Miles Davis discography when the pandemic first started. Cause it's like, man, this is a good opportunity. And this guy is such an influential musician. Um, like why not listen to what everything that he threw out there for, for the universe, man. So I listened to it, the entire recorded catalog. I'm sure there's some bootleg crap that I didn't get to hear, but I listened to like pretty much everything from like 1950 up to like 1980, like whatever the fuck, like all the way into his freaky electric shit and like Afri, like all that freaky shit, man. And like, I don't know, it was was cool. It's just like cool to, you might like, you might as well do it, man. (laughs) There's enough, you got all this time on this earth. And if you're just going to watch the same episode of fucking Friends all the time, it's like, what do you even do? What is your point here? <laughs> just watching this fucking same episode of Friends over and over again. And like almost like singing along with it. How you doing? <laughs> you know, like fucking get out there. Even if you don't like it, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm having a hard time with The Great Gatsby right now. I'm not enjoying this book by my measure of enjoyment of books um but i'm still reading it and it's and it's you know to just have the experience man so you don't not every experience has to be positive or like fucking instantly gratifying that's why people just default to that watching the same episode of friends because it's just instantly you're in this comfort zone and it's like this warm mental blanket of boom bam and you're just like now i don't have to think and i can laugh at the joey and chandler <laughs> you know but even if it is challenging, you got to evaluate, like, why is this piece of material challenging to me? Why do I not enjoy it? What could what could I learn from this? Well, other people like it. And it's not like, oh, other people like it. I should like it, too. But it's like, you know, what uh, what there's obviously something to be gleaned from this. Um, so, you know, challenging yourself and and your own expectations of whatever the fuck is also a good thing to do. <laughs> Honestly, though, Friends is a good show. (laughs) As far as sitcoms go, man, Friends is all good, man. Joey is the glue that fucking Matt LeBlanc is super underrated as a comedic actor, man. Matt LeBlanc, the guy who plays Joey, is a fucking... His face, man, is and his reactions and his timing is so impeccable. Like, when you... Go back and watch Old Friends. <laughs> go back and watch some Old Friends. And you look at Matt LeBlanc and you fucking tell me that this guy isn't the star of this show. And truly... The he is the inciting incident of friends. Without Joey, there is no friends because Joe jo, they all knew each other. Phoebe and Monica were roommates. Joey and uh Joey and Ross were uh friends from college, and Rachel came into the picture be, as being a friend of all of them, just on happenstance. But the inciting incident is Joey moving in as the new neighbor. Jo- all these other people had, these five people had a pre-existing relationship and Joey came in and fucking changed the course of all of their lives forever. It was his whimsical nature and childlike sensibility which um, gave Chandler this sort of uh, uh, older brother, younger brother mentor thing that prepared him and pulled him into uh, a state of being more 
ready for a, a, a long-term relationship like the one that he had with Monica. <laughs> And in this paper, I will attempt to prove that the jo Joey is, in fact, the star of Friends. And it is an ensemble cast supporting Joey. And that... <laughs> but fucking think about it, man. Joey's the guy. He came in as the outsider, man. And then it's a man comes to town story. There's only two stories. I learned this from Kevin Galise when I was in grade 10. Man, either man comes to town or man leaves town. And there's only, those are the only two categories of stories. And the friends is a man comes to town story. The Hobbit is a man leaves town story. Fucking, uh, what's another movie? Uh oh um the super bad is a man leaving town they're leaving they're worried they're leaving high school they're leaving their their adolescence behind <laughs> man comes to town man leaves town quite literally the hobbit is man leaves town <laughs> cuz the alternate title is or there and back again the hero's fucking journey buddy all right, well, yeah, Monday. This is going to be easy to upload. A boom, bam, biddly, boom, man, and new, new. Today's episode was sponsored by kingtutscannabis.com. Uh, as you know, you can use the promo code Drew for 10% off your order. Uh, go to kingtutscannabis.com right now. And if it's your first time, if you've never bought from them and you've been hesitant, you're like, I don't know, Drew, I hear you pitch this fucking shit every week, but I don't really smoke dope. They, buddy, they're giving you 15% off for your first time custody. First-time custody, everybody knows first-time custody, you get a little cut deal, right? Stack my code, 25% off, buy a zip for 100 bucks, get it for 75 get that little shipping on there, now you got 20 grams of dope for less than 100 bucks. Come on! And it's good dope. I'm not selling, we're not selling no bunkus. Uncle Shabunkus. Uh, and even if you don't like weed, get some CBD in ya. Get some gummies, man. Spice up your uh, Christmas, you know, throw a couple of fucking... <laughs> Oh no, I'm actually am sick. Okay, uh, that's the show. KingTutsCannabis.com. Use the promo code Drew for ten percent off at checkout. King Tut's Cannabis. Smoke like an Egyptian. I don't know why I do a British accent for that. I just realized. Okay, let the music run. And uh... hey. again I know I promised I'd stop but there's no end to the liquor inside me and you know I gotta go pee every time I get this drunk I'm pissing in my pants and I'm pissing on the floor and I'm pissing on the bed and I'm pissing some more. <laughs>